Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock film, North by Northwest. One minute of screen time per episode. And we are your hosts for this particular segment, and this episode specifically. I'm Alan Sanders of The Wilder Ride. I am Walt Murray, also of The Wilder Ride. And uh, talking about a wilder ride, you could honestly put that in this bucket as well, because uh, this movie takes the main actor, who is a nobody, really just an everyday businessman, on one crazy adventure. It sure does. And and this is, this is he, he is the proverbial, proverbial everyman. Yeah. So... And at this time frame, the typical businessman works in a building. He's obviously a manager, has some responsibility. We realize he's part of an ad agency as we move along. Sort of that Mad Men of Wall Street, you know, uh, talking about you know, Madison Avenue, mm-hmm. uh, putting all these uh, plans together. And we got a lot of dialogue happening here very quickly. But before we get to the dialogue, we do have one more specific credit and a couple of things that I think are pretty funny that takes place. When we last left yesterday, we were watching a bunch of people Coming down through the subway system, the bus system, the transit system, it could have been pretty much everywhere. Uh, we cut outside to two women arguing over a cab, <laughs> trying to figure out who's going to actually get the cab. Typical Hitchcock kind of thing. A little, yeah. Little, little, yeah, some frenetic activity going yeah. on, uh, people not caring about one another. <laughs> yes. Um, but we do get, and it's huge, we're on the street level, and there's a ton of people. Whatever's happening right now, there's a ton of people on the street. Yes, there are. We get directed by Alfred Hitchcock, all caps. You know, I, I was thinking about this uh, last night after we uh, did our introduction yesterday. Um, Alfred Hitchcock is is really funny because with him, you don't know what you're getting necessarily because he is the master of horror. You know, he, he or the the master of. Well, I think he does thrills. He does scares. He maybe does the thriller. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he does a lot of the stuff that makes you scream, but. Right. Uh, what did he but, say? There was an interview you and I were watching to prepare for this where he said, you know, when you ask somebody if they go to a, a, a sappy movie or a movie that's meant to tug on your emotions, you always hear him say, well, I go, I went for a good cry. It's not for right, a bad right, cry. Right. Yes. You mm-hmm. went for a good cry because right. you want to feel like I got something good out of it. That's right. Well, if I'm going to do something kind of scary or high tension, you want to go for a good scream, not for a right. bad one. So, But he, you know, being able to operate in all those different arenas where... You know, you see some people now who, man, they're they're great in the horror genre or they're great in the action genre, but you don't see them jump over and do comedy. And, you know, you know, you see people kind of get pigeonholed. Uh, and that's hard to do. Very few movies to me have been able to do the horror comedy. I mean, you've got like the Shaun of the Deads that I think yeah, sure. do very well before that Return of the Living Dead. Brains. Yeah. More brains. Yeah. Send more cops. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, I think those kinds of movies, but they're so hard to achieve because they are. At one point, you're watching something horrific, and then you're making a joke, and it's hard to to do those right. two. I and think, you literally, if you said, hey, we're going to watch a Hitchcock movie, and you didn't tell me which one we were going to, you don't know whether you're getting horror, comedy. This um, this movie is just kind of an action-adventure kind of, kind of genre. I, I'd be cautious to say, I don't know that he ever did comedy-comedy. No. I that, think he has quirky bits of humor. Yes. That he throws in there. Yeah, he does. He does. I think that's a better way of putting it. Yeah, that Because you're not going to find the, like, he wouldn't have directed Silver Streak. Or Airplane. Right. Well, <laughs> even worse, right. Yeah. yeah. Going even further off that yeah. ledge. Tommy Boy <laughs> by Al- Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. So, Sir yeah. Alfred Hitchcock brings you <laughs> Tommy Boy. <laughs> Helen, we're both in sales. Let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. Let's say I go into some guy's office. Let's say he's even remotely interested in buying something. Well, then I get all excited. I'm like, Jojo, the idiot circus boy with a pretty new pet. 
The pet is my possible sale. Oh, my pretty little pet. I love you. So I stroke it, and I pet it, and I massage it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love my little naughty pet. You're naughty. And then I take my naughty pet, and I go... <laughs> Oh! I killed it! I killed my sail! <laughs> that's when I blow it. That's when people like us have got to forge ahead, Helen. Am I right? God, you're sick. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get that from him. But you don't know exactly what you're getting. Which I think is... Mm, well, again, I don't want to disagree with you. I think you know you're going to get something intriguing. Yes. You're going to get a subterfuge. You're going to get misdirection. You're going to feel like you're lost sometimes or that you're trying to figure out who did it. I think that is... There are two things to me that stand out for his movies. You don't know what's going on. Uh, a and lot you of them, know you don't know what's going on. And then there's tension. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be tension in it. And tension that 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 birth of in my mind the birth of the thriller the idea that yes. you're on the edge of your seat right. whether you're on the edge of your seat because you're not you're not sure if the star is going to fall off a building if they're going to be murdered if they're if they're going to get out of whatever situation they're in will someone come out of a room like in Psycho at the top of the stairs and you know hit you with a butcher knife I mean right. you just don't know and even the people who are like oh that guy's dead you just don't know when or how. You know, <laughs> and so oh, I also think he does a good job of that kind of misdirection as well. Just when you think you're expecting one thing, something else can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he he's a very he plays with the audience emotions, I think, very well. Oh, I think so, too. And I think you have to be very comfortable with yourself to be able to do that, because mm -hmm. that is a lot of risk taking, you know, as a director, because if it doesn't work, it's going to thud. And you don't really ever get that with him. You know what's amazing is, and I still, as as much of a genius in filmmaking as he is, every time I've seen an interview with him, I've gone back to watch him and hear him talk. I think this is the driest, dullest English, just stip up our lip, yeah. just dullard. Like, this is a guy, I imagine that all he does is he goes to the bank, gets behind the teller window, <laughs> right. takes money in and out, and then goes home and gets a biscuit and tea and goes to bed. Like, that's all I can imagine this right. guy doing. I, I could imagine him hosting... A um a book club discussion on the radio once a month. You know, like he is not he does not come across as like the most exciting person. And not even good book. Like we're going to talk about the collection of moths for the month of September. You're like, no, <laughs> nobody cares. But you know what? He's that guy who he goes to the plate and he's gonna hit a single every time. He's not gonna hit a double, he's not gonna hit a home run. He's gonna go to the plate and hit a single every single time. He knows his job, he knows what he's good at, and he goes up there and does it. Well, I, I was going to jump on that and say, what I love is, even as much as he comes across that way, then you realize the genius behind this guy. Absolutely. This is a guy, like we talked about in, I think, the first episode. He takes Ava Marie Saint and says, I don't care what the costuming department, this is not what I want you to look like, I'm going to buy your clothes. Right. This is the guy that in, in, in Psycho blindfolded himself and bought a whole bunch of these different like melons of all kinds of shapes and sizes and said... Start stabbing them. I'll tell you the one that I think is the sound I want for Psycho. Yeah. You know? I mean, he knows what he wants. So you're saying he may be a visionary. He, he is. Uh, some people might have thought at the time that he was a little bit hard to work with because of that, because he was very specific about what he wanted. And then here's, I mean, his delivery is so slow and droll. And yet these scenes in the movie that we're going to see here that play out through this season He's got action when it's needed. Mm -hmm. He's got tension when it's needed. He's got some wry humor when it's needed. 
Uh, at, at some point in time, when our character here, Roger Thornhill, realizes he's been jilted, he has no problem twisting the knife at the expense of the, his female co-star, uh, trying to get a rise out of James Mason. So he knows how to play the emotions. He knows yeah, what he wants, he scene to scene. He does. It's like a mousetrap. It it's, has the tension, 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 snap, and it got you. And uh, that's very much his, his style. Well, what's funny is just as we get, and I love this little bit, I do too. as his name slides off to the right, so we're moving from left to right, uh-huh. here goes, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. If you didn't know this, and we, I know we mentioned it already, but Alfred Hitchcock makes a cameo in everything, and here is his cameo right at second, number eight into nine. The bus is getting ready to close its doors, and as his name is sliding, here comes the director himself, Alfred Hitchcock, <laughs> and the doors slam into his face. Perfect timing. He puts his hands out, like, whoa, wait, you're not letting me in? And he just sits there, and he's got that, again, that like, droll, Aw. stiff upper lip, Brit, like, well, I'll catch the next one. <laughs> he just, And I like how he doesn't look to the camera and give us the <clears throat> wink and a nod. Nope. He looks the opposite direction, like... Almost as if you did. If you didn't know that that was him, you'd almost go, what, "Was it? Was that him?" Oh yeah, you would definitely miss it. You would just think that was a funny little moment of somebody rushing to get the bus. And well, sorry, you you weren't here on time, chum. But he has such a distinctive trademark look. He does. It, it, well, I mean, he started a show in his silhouette yes. walking, mm-hmm. <laughs> walking in. Yep, and he, his the way he walks and carries himself is very distinctive too. So, oh yeah, he he did have a very straight back. Yep. He almost almost like he was taking his round gut. And pushing it even further yeah. out, as if like that yep. was like you check around corners for me before right. I get there. He's got a little spy camera on his belly button. Yeah. Like, is there anything around this going on? I won't make that turn. Yeah. You know, but he is very British. He is very British. Yeah. Very. When you hear him speak, and he's got that. But I think you know uh, we have some friends across the pond, uh-huh. and I think the Brits are well known for their wry and dry oh, humor yeah, for a lot of things. Definitely. I mean, they can do guffaw, and they can do pratfall, and they can do all kinds. But sometimes it's just that saying it with just the right amount of sarcasm that can be so funny. That's right. Well, now we do get to the first line of dialogue. We cut back to the inside of the building, and it looks as though we are getting outside of an elevator where we see it opening up, and we get the first bit of dialogue. We hear a man, and it ends up being Cary Grant, Roger O. Thornhill. Even if you accept the belief that the high trend X automatically means a rising sales curve, which incidentally... Mr. Thornhill? Good night, Eddie. Say hello to the missus. We're not talking. My recommendation is still the same. If you accept the belief that a high trendix means that a rising sales curve, and then he gets interrupted. So let's take it from there, because I think this is one of those first jokes that I think plays both ways. Yeah. Because as he comes out, he's talking about this rising, he says this, this uh, the, a belief that a high trendix means a rising sales curve. Then he interrupts because the elevator says, Mr. Thornhill, and it's the elevator guy. And he says, oh, good night, Eddie. Say hello to the missus. And he goes, we're not talking. <laughs> Which, first of all, that's both weird and, and funny. Yeah. Yeah. Say hello to the missus. We're not talking. <laughs> then he, he has this line, and I, I highlighted it in my notes. My recommendation is still the same. Does that go to, if you accept the belief that a high trendex means a rising sales curve, that that's my recommendation still the same, that, that a high sales curve still means the same way we're going, or does he mean to the guy that just asked him about his right. missus? Well, still, still say, say hi, hi to her nonetheless. Right. Yeah, still, still what I would recommend. I still recommend saying yeah, hi to her. I, I'm, I think he's talking to his secretary, but I thought the same thing. It goes. Uh, I think you can play it either way, yeah, and I think that's both. that's the funny thing about that line because it works either way. Yep, and it, and it too is one of those that just catches you off guard. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, out of the blue, but it's also kind of a normal 
everyday life kind of conversation too, like with the people that you might, you know, see at the place you buy your coffee every day, you know, just kind of a quick one liner back and forth and out the door. It also, I think, establishes that if here's somebody who's a staff member working in this building, a hotel operator or some uh, elevator uh, elevator operator who knows him, knows him well enough to say, you know, you know, he says, uh, Mr. Thornhill. Ah, good night, Eddie. Like he knows his name. I think very quickly, I've always been told my whole life. That the way somebody treats people that are underneath them and have no benefit to them is who you really are. Absolutely. You know, because you'll you'll kiss up to anybody that you think can give you an advantage. Yep. But if you treat the wait staff, if you treat the janitorial staff, if you treat maintenance workers with the same respect you treat the VP or the president, then that's who you really are. I agree. It's, it's how you treat the people that are beneath you. And obviously, very he's a very good guy. Yep. He, he knows Eddie, knows him by name, tells him to say hi to the missus. Now, maybe he doesn't know that they're not seeing each other anymore. But his advice is still the same. But and and that could have been either their inside joke or whatever. But it does show that they've got a good relationship. I also think it shows that uh, he's doesn't that he's part of this world. That's right. He he fits in this world. He's comfortable in this world. This is his. This is where he lives. And I think it also sets the tone for he comes into this building every day. He does his work and he goes home. He's not traveling to exotic places doing crazy spy things. No, no. He's got a routine. Now, uh, we'll find out later that he obviously has uh, he's uh, he's a good looking man. He obviously has no trouble getting either uh, dates and or wives. We find out later in the movie. No spoilers here that he's got two ex-wives. Right. Well, that, that that's actually humorous later that's when he describes line. that uh, that relationship. Because uh, we, we got coming up here in just a few minutes, him talking about getting, obviously, candies for someone who's in his life romantically. Right. Um, but I wonder how the current 2019 slash 2020 audience watching this feels about here's the secretary walking, taking notes, sort of. Th- I mean, but that's that was what it was like then, you yeah, know? Right. You know, it, this is not a denigration of a woman, if anything. This is the person that he most thoroughly trusts with everything. And they obviously have a great relationship. And, you know, I I always, with these older movies, think, if you're going to remake it today, how would this scene look? Mm -hmm. Well, this would have taken place, him at his desk, pounding out a quick email to somebody and sending it. He wouldn't have a secretary. He might say goodnight to somebody who worked on his floor with him, but there wouldn't be any of this. You would not have this whole conversation. Obviously, no elevator operators today. Right. So, um, so that's out. So it may have been the guy shining shoes in the lobby or doing something else. But um, yeah, this whole scene probably wouldn't even exist. I, I feel like I just I want to hammer that point home again, though, that executives or managers, when they had that trusted secretary, that person. And I know yeah. we don't use that term anymore. Office assistant, administrative assistant. what? Fine, whatever. The person who's there to help you run your day. This guy would be lost without oh, her. Yeah, no. She's keeping track of writing the memo that's going to go out, his calendar, uh, taking care of things in his personal life as well as professional. So she is his right-hand person for these kinds of things. So if anybody's feeling a little like, well, wait a minute, that, we don't have that today. But you know what? This was a bygone time, but it doesn't mean that he thinks less of her. If right. anything, I mean, he's saying, come along with me because I got more to talk about. you got a lot more to do. Yeah. Puts her in the cab. <laughs> we're, well, gonna, we're going and, and for a we ride. We do have this today. It's just her name is Siri, and it's <laughs> you let her add things to your calendar. You <laughs> Siri, you you know, dictate texts and emails. You know, so you executives have. A, oh, there are still executive assistants and administrative things, assistants. It's different. It, it just yeah, it's handled differently. 
I don't know how many. You know what? It just depends on the company too, and yeah. you, you have to know your audience. There, there could very well be uh, people out there who feel like they love the fact they don't have the pressure of being the manager, but they love the fact that they're helping the manager look good. Right. And there's all kind of people that like to work different places in their in their careers. Um, she's uh, you know wearing some bangled bracelets. She's got earrings. She's dressed very well. Obviously, she's making a good income wherever she you know with whatever firm she's at. She looks you know she doesn't look. Poor by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. Uh, so she's, uh, she's probably an executive secretary. She's she's well taken care of, and, and he's obviously successful, right? And I get the feeling we're going to see here in just a minute about the notes and and the, the what he's willing to spend on girlfriends. He probably gives her plenty of gifts. And why don't you treat yourself out? You know, yeah. that, that that kind of era of like oh. You know, it's, when's the last time you've gone to dinner? Take yourself out to a movie. Yes. Yeah, and I, I guess I didn't look. Is she wearing a wedding band? Uh, it's real tell. hard to tell. Um, I can't really tell. I know, uh, the biggest thing with the the big, uh, d- uh, like almost like uh, medallions dangling from her gold bracelets, I don't see a wedding ring, but it's really hard to see in the shot. Uh, her bracelets are such a, no, she is not wearing a wedding ring. Okay. So she is unmarried or at least goes to the office without one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what? As they're walking out and she, and he's dictating more about the letter, he's like saying, let's go meet at the colony. Let's colonize at the colony. Basically yes. being funny with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you realize he's got a pretty quick wit. He's been dictating a letter. Yeah, he does. He's got, he does. So uh, another, another thing I think Hitchcock is dropping is even though he's an everyday ordinary man, he does have some of the tools that he may need to survive what he's about to go through. Yeah. The and quick he, wit, the quick thinking, yeah. uh, being able to identify what, you know, because when you're in marketing, you're trying to pay attention to all of the forces happening That's and right. which way is the right way to respond for your client, which is the right way to get the client, you know, the, the, the campaign that's going to get them the right. most revenue, right? The most purchase or whatever. And I think you've got to have a quick mind. Yes. And I think that we see he's kind of a man's man, you know, and he's fit, big, and he's a tall guy. I don't know how tall he is, but he definitely takes up a lot of, um, a lot of space on the screen. I do think he's a sharp dressed man, and I do like that it's almost intentional that most of the people that are close to him are wearing darker suits, so that yeah. way his gray suit makes him Absolutely. pop a little bit more, yes. especially when we come outside the uh, the revolving doors. And I love this line he says to her. She's like, but I didn't put a coat on. I didn't put a coat on. Your blood sugar, child. Come on. So I don't know if it's because it's cool or she feels, feels as though, well, a lady should be out with her coat at the end of the day, but he says... Use your blood sugar, child. Come on. <laughs> so what is he saying? Like, okay, it may be a little crisp out there, but just uh, start put a little more hitch in your step, muck it up. <laughs> so just uh, if you get if you get high stepping, you'll start warming right on up. <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. I've got a jacket. <laughs> you know, th- there's a, an interesting dynamic here. Um, do you watch uh, any of the stuff with Conan O'Brien that's online? He has a, his assistant is a Sona Obsession, and they have this kind of brother sister back and forth kind of thing, and you get kind of that same energy out of this relationship. That they're obviously close. She knows him. He knows her. He knows what he can say. She know you know she does a little bit of give and take too. So uh, it's a good. There's good chemistry between the two of them. Oh yeah, it feels it feels natural. And this is all we'll ever get of her. It's just yeah. these couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so she's still taking notes as they're uh, going through. So he's wrapping up the business letter. And as he's wrapping up the business letter, he realizes he has to send a note to Gretchen Sabinson. That's right. Gretchen. Gretchen Sabinson. He says, uh, oh, yeah. Send her a box of candy from Blount. $10. You know the kind. Each piece wrapped in gold paper. She'll like that. She'll think she's keeping money. Oh, yes. Send her a box of candy from Blum's. $10. You know, the kind, each piece wrapped in gold paper. She'll like that. She'll think she's eating money. <laughs> Talk about in an instant, we've That's... sized up the kind of woman she is or how he thinks of her. Right. That he knows what can be, what can keep her at bay if he's running late or if he's skipped out on a lunch date or whatever has happened. Just send her a box of candy, but make sure it's the gold wrap kind. She'll think she's eating money. <laughs> That is a that is a great line. It's a great line. I'm going to try to remember that one. I tell my girls, hey, okay, when you when you screw up, get your mom a box of chocolates, the kind with individually gold wrapped. She'll think she's eating money. <laughs> okay, so he is six one, six one and a half, yeah. almost six two. Okay. So, um, and by the way, his birth name Archibald Alec Leach. I did know that Archibald Leach. Yep. So, um, so he's he's decently tall, particularly for I the think time. Cary Grant works better. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Good stage name. Looks better on a check. So, um, so he is a little tall for the time, but it is there. There are three guys right behind him here who are about the same height as him. So, um, getting to the dialogue about what follows, and I do like this because again, it very quickly we're getting a snapshot of who he is. One may argue he's got a bit of a shallowness to him, maybe when it yeah. comes to the women, because not only is he assuming a box of chocolates is going to make her feel better, and he realizes she's in it for the money because he makes the comment she thinks she's eating gold or eating money, right? He starts to say, we'll put a note, says, Just say to her, darling, I count the days, the hours, the minutes. Darling, I count the days, the hours. And the secretary goes, Sent that one last time. Uh, you sent that one last time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, right. Okay, then how about something something for your sweet tooth? <laughs> I did. Oh, well, put something for your sweet tooth, baby. <laughs> Hey, whatever works. Yeah, just on the fly, like, oh, I used that excuse last time. I got to use a different one. <laughs> We've all been there. But here we go. In the space of less than a minute, because it's about 20 seconds in before we actually get dialogue. So, and there's a lot. It's like a nonstop, almost monologue with some interruptions. We figure out Cary Grant's somewhat got, uh, he's got some gravitas to him wherever yep. he works. He's obviously, uh, he, he doesn't look young. He's a, He looks middle-aged or approaching middle-aged. Right. So mm-hmm. someone who's probably been at a job for a while, so he's got some time and rank. Mm-hmm. He's got an executive secretary who's coming out with him. We're hearing him dictate a business letter. He's talking to staff. He's very quick-witted. He's got a sense of humor. We're getting a lot of characterization in the first, basically, 40 seconds of his dialogue. Yes, we are. Getting a lot of insight into him. And I think, it, it, and when we do this, when we kind of break these movies down, you may not understand why it works later in the movie, why he can talk. But when you go back and go, oh, we got all we needed right here That's to right. show he's paying attention. He's, he can have multiple conversations at once. He's, he can split focus. He knows how to speak very quickly, think very quickly. He's got a sense of wit. And uh, he's got he's a likable guy. I, I think he comes across as very oh, likable so here in this yeah. opening minute. I think so, too. I think it's like, oh, I want to go hang out with that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Not just because he's Cary Grant. It's like, I just think he's cool. Yeah. And that's it. I think he is very cool. Yeah. He's a he's a cool cat, man. <laughs> <laughs> a cool cat. Yes. Well, it's 1959. I can that's say true. that. That's true. All right. Um, I think that's going to wrap up this minute because we're going to come to the end here after he's dictating about, well, let's change the message. And he, it ends basically right in the middle of the line where he's like, something for your sweet tooth, baby. 
And I think the baby actually rolls into tomorrow's minute. Uh, anything else in your notes that we didn't cover for this minute? Anything yeah, you wanted I to go back and recap? I think or we've covered, covered it well. I just, I love a movie that can do this. You think it's kind of throwaway dialogue, but when you look at it, it's not. It really is establishing the character in a very, very short amount of time. Yeah, it is. And there are several ways to do it, but I think this is the most effective way to do it with him. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this minute. Before we uh, do some housekeeping on the backside, why don't we tell everybody where they can find us? And since you kind of dropped that we'll be doing a similar film to this one, it was inspired by this film. We've got Silver Street coming up. Tell our, tell the good listeners where to find us. Well, you can find us out there all over the place at the Wilder Ride uh, or the WilderRide.com. Um, we're on Instagram, all kinds of places. And if you're looking for us to um, find some of our old shows, any podcatcher is going to have uh, our show on it. Again, the Wilder Ride, or find us on our website, thewilderride.com, Facebook.com/slash the Wilder Ride, and then join our listeners group from there. So we should be pretty easy to find. And then you can find Alan and I out on Twitter. I won't promise you that uh, that's going to be all entertainment. You're going to get all kinds of crazy stuff from us there. Um, I don't know, lunatic fringe thinking. But uh, feel free to join us out there if you if you dare. And, um, and again, you can find us all over the place at The Wilder Ride. Uh, and we will start, hopefully, uh, early this year, sometime in the first quarter, Releasing our episodes of our breakdown of Gene Wilder's great, uh, I mean, awesome movie, Silver Streak. You can find the Hitchcock Podcast Minute on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or you can go to HitchcockMinute.com. Don't forget the, on social media, you want to interact with us social media-wise? Well, you can interact with the entire Movies by Minutes team. They've got a, uh, a Facebook page, The Man on Washington's Nose, or you can find him on Twitter, at Hitchcock Minute. And the... Uh, before I, I, I sign off, I want you to come back tomorrow, Thursday, because we're going to continue this conversation as Roger Thornhill is dictating more to his secretary, and we're going to end the minute with, she doesn't do that, says Maggie. Doesn't do what? Huh. What is going on? This should get fascinating. Yeah, I mean, more character development, I think, in this film, but you're going to have to come back for more of this, The Hitchcock Minute. Ooh, I thought you were going to say The Wilder Ride. Yeah, I hey. almost was going to say The Wilder Ride. Special thanks to Jim for having us. Jim O'Kane. O'Kane. <laughs> He's O'Kane with me. He's O'Kane. He's an O'Kane guy. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill. Wherever you are. You definitely want to... Uh... <laughs> Welcome, everyone. <laughs> and try again.